This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Nine Lives with Dr. Cat is brought to you by Heroes for Healthy Pets. We're passionate about your pet's health. And iHeartCats.com. Hey, cat lovers, welcome to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat. I'm your host, Dr. Catherine Prim, and as you know, I'm a small animal veterinarian and I'm owned by a cat called Scamper. So if you follow me on social media or on the internet or anywhere, you know that I love to educate cat lovers about all the ways they can give their cats the happiest and healthiest lives. So I sometimes post things on my pages and people comment and I'm always amazed when they say, well, I didn't know that. And so today I have someone with me that is going to share some things that maybe you didn't know. I have an ER veterinarian, a specialist in critical care, Dr. Tom Day. He's going to talk with us about the dangers in your house that could hurt your cat that you may not know. So we'll be right back after these messages. Today's episode is sponsored by Hanover Square Press and the secret language of cats. How to understand your cat for a better, happier relationship by Suzanne Schatz. Have you ever wondered what your cat is saying? In the secret language of cats, Schatz offers a crash course in cat phonics to help you crack the cat code. Perfect for the fans of The Lion in the Living Room and the Inner Life of Animals, The Secret Language of Cats by Suzanne Schatz is available for purchase today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio. So today I have with me Dr. Tom Day. And Dr. Day is not only a specialist in critical care, but he also actively treats patients in an ER. So he is an excellent resource for what we're talking about today. Hi, Dr. Day. Hi, Catherine. Thanks for having me. So cats can and do get into things that hurt them sometimes. And so I want to kind of go over some household dangers that maybe my cat loving listeners don't know could hurt their cats. So I know that you have a lot of things that you want to talk about, but every time I post something about Tylenol and cats, somebody says, I didn't know you couldn't give Tylenol to cats. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, cats are very unique. I think early in our profession, we treated cats like small dogs. And I think we inadvertently killed a lot of cats because they're the furthest from dogs in terms of everything from physiology to diet, etc. And when it comes to medication, I think Tylenol is the top medication in which cats metabolize it very, very differently than dogs do. So cats, they a couple of things. They don't have the enzymes to change it like dogs do, and their red blood cells are very fragile when it comes to some of these chemicals in their body. So one Tylenol can be fatal to a cat. It can be fatal to a cat pretty rapidly unless we can get it to them. There's not a direct antidote, but there are some things that we can do to help prevent losing those kitties. Okay, so... 
I think that the worst part about the Tylenol thing is that somebody gave it to the cat. It's yeah. well-meaning. And mm-hmm. that kind of makes me even more sad. So we all talk about dogs eating things that they shouldn't because dogs are dogs and cats aren't dogs. So why do you think we don't see as many cats for eating some of these things as we do dogs? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Honestly, cats tend to be smarter than dogs, and they tend not to have chewing fetishes, so to speak, like dogs do. And they're really not exposed to a lot of the things that uh, dogs are. But the one thing that we do see in cats, and I think we'll see, we'll take to surgery 10 to 20 dogs for every cat for, to take something out of its intestine that it shouldn't have eaten. And for cats, I think the number one thing that we take out are items that are strings or that can turn into strings. We call them linear foreign bodies. And a couple of things happen. Cats are very curious. They love strings for whatever reason, and then they start to chew on them, and then they just eat them. For a string to be a problem, the string has to somehow stop moving. So in other words, the most common place is under the tongue. So whenever we have a vomiting cat, which is going to be your number one sign, and we have x-rays that are suspicious, the first thing we do is look underneath the tongue. And invariably for a string, whether it's dental floss or sewing material or coming up to Christmas time, icicles or tinsel or however you call it, whatever you call it, we look under that tongue. And if it's there, then we know that's the problem. I've actually removed Christmas ornaments from a cat. And I once removed a tiny like mouse looking toy that Mm -hmm. I guess the cat, it had real fur on it. And so I tell my clients, let's don't have the real fur toys. (laughs) Yeah. So they certainly can eat those because they, they're very predatory. And, and so this cat ate it and it stopped and I got to remove it. Okay, so I want to tell you about something really cool that I have discovered. And it's called Pretty Litter Cat Litter. Now, you might think that cat litter is not really something to get excited about, but I'm a veterinarian, so gross things tend to excite me. Now, the cool thing about Pretty Litter, though, is that it has a built-in health monitoring system. So, it changes colors and kind of helps you keep tabs on your cat's urinary health so that you know when it's time to call your own veterinarian. Other things about it that are super cool is that it's lightweight. The whole entire bag only weighs four pounds, and it lasts for an entire month for one cat. So no more dragging these 20 or 30 pound bags of cat litter and buying them every time you're at the store. Pretty Litter is delivered straight to your door every month with free shipping. So it's pretty convenient. It helps keep your cat healthy and it's easy for you to carry around. The best part about Pretty Litter though is if you go to prettylittercats.com and you enter the code 9lives, N-I-N-E, L-I-V-E-S. You can get 20% off of your first subscription order. So give it a try and let me know what you think. Now, we are continuing our conversation with Dr. Tom Day, the critical care specialist who is treating cats in the emergency room. He's going to give us ideas and advice for how to handle cats that are sick and how to kind of cat-proof our homes and keep our kitties safe. So we've already talked a little bit about cats eating foreign material and, of course, strings. I, too, have seen yarn and strings and ribbons. So that is certainly something that needs to be kitty-proofed around your Christmas tree. But there are also some plants, Dr. Day. Would you like to talk about cat plants? Yeah, obviously cats chew a lot of plants. And I guess the first piece of advice for cat owners is if you want to bring plants or flowers in your house, do some research. 
Um, of course, Google will tell you everything. Um, <laughs> heck, I, I use it 50 times a day. That's okay. So, but I think on the top of the list are lilies. Lilies, especially around Easter time and especially in the summer in the areas in which lilies grow outside, lilies are highly toxic to cats. Lilies cause irreversible kidney failure. And by the time we see a cat that has known to eat lilies and is in kidney failure, most of those cats don't make it. So any part of the lily plant is toxic. I could tell you stories for hours. Cats walking through gardens outside, the pollen falls on them, they lick their paws, and then they end up with kidney failure. So lilies are highly toxic to cats. They're not toxic to dogs at all. That's kind of amazing. But yes, I too have lost patience to lilies. So every holiday season, I talk about plants and toxicities and things. And interesting that the poinsettia associated with Christmas has been accused of being toxic. Do you have any opinions about poinsettia? Well, poinsettia, that's a great comment. Poinsettias are not toxic. I think way back when there was a plant that looked similar to a poinsettia, and then through the decades and decades, it turned into poinsettias are poisonous. Poinsettias are harmless. So I think around Christmas time, don't hesitate to get a poinsettia if, if your cat chews on it. There's probably not going to be a problem, but they certainly are not deadly. Excellent. So I don't know where that came from either, but I like to point that out. You can enjoy your poinsettias even if you have a cat or dog. So what about, we talked a little bit about the Tylenol, and I wanted to bring that up because it's such a horrible, horrible death. But there are some other non-prescription medications that can be very harmful to cats. So uh, if you can go over that a little bit, that would be great. Yeah, there's ibuprofen, a very common over-the-counter medication is sugar-coated and attractive for cats. Two ibuprofen tablets will put a cat into kidney failure, so it really doesn't take a lot. Of course, dogs will eat as many tablets as possible. But I, we've had many, many cases of ibuprofen kidney failure in cats. And when I first moved up here six years ago, there were actually practices of people putting aspirin in the water to help preserve Christmas trees. And that was a new one on me. And we had a couple of cats that we were suspicious of drinking that water and getting kidney problems from aspirin. Oh, yeah. You know, I've actually had some clients that had cats that drink the water around the Christmas tree. That great point, Dr. Day. Excellent. So cats will eat ibuprofen and they shouldn't. That's another one of my soapboxes about giving human medications to our pets. I don't love that. Always include your veterinarian. But that sort of makes me think of things that we give to our cats and also foods. So there are certain foods that really are not ideal for cats. Can you elaborate on maybe some of the ones that have caused problems in your experience? Well, it's becoming the day and age where a lot of people are going vegan or vegetarian. And we've actually had some cats and a couple of dogs in which the owners insisted that they go vegan. Cats require an amino acid to make sure their heart functions properly. It's called taurine. And we've had some cats that are actually just on fish diet. Fish does not have taurine. So there was an article in dogs that it might cause some sort of heart failure from the taurine deficiency. But, but definitely cats need cat food. Dogs and cats are carnivores. That's what their formulations in their dog and cat food are made for. So anything that's fed to a cat now over the counter whether it's a treat or food, has a lot of taurine in it. 
So I have seen one vegan cat in the last six months that actually had heart failure. Oh, that's very sad. So there are things on your Thanksgiving plate that your cat doesn't need. And I think Dr. Day would probably agree with me that it's probably just safer for your cat to eat cat food and not your festive food. Do you agree, Dr. Day? Yeah, I agree. And especially the big difference between dog cats. Very few cats beg at the table. I mean, I hear an occasional story. Every dog in the world is going to beg at the dinner table. So even if your cat doesn't beg, just they like their cat food to stick with cat food. Good advice. Now, you said that sometimes dogs get into things, prescription medications and things, but cats don't usually do that. And and you mentioned how cats are really just smarter than dogs. And I think they're just, they're more street savvy. They just, they're just cats and they don't yeah. act like dogs. But besides these things that you, the foreign bodies and things that you've pulled out, are there any other really important reasons that you see cats in the ER that you would like to mention today? As far as ingesting things, it's just really not that common. Um, I think we see more cats on the ER just because they're sick from other reasons than consuming stuff that they're not supposed to. Well, I treated a cat recently for eating a sewing needle with the thread still attached to it. Yeah. yeah. So there are things. It's just like when you have a toddler just looking at your, your home and making sure that all things that could possibly be of risk to your cat are out of the way. And cats can climb. So you have to be kind of smart about how you put those things away for cats. Yeah, and yeah. everybody needs to be sure that they know where their animal ER is. Because during the holidays, regular veterinary offices are going to be closed. And you're really going to need the animal ER. And if there's any doubt, uh, especially with the plants, because there's, of course, thousands of plants my cats chew on the spider plants and, and vomit. Just call your local ER if you have a concern. And if we can't find it, then the ASPCA poison control is a good resource as well. Oh, that is an excellent point. Yes. So know your own veterinarian's number, know where your closest animal ER is, and be familiar with the ASPCA. You can Google that. Like you said, hmm. Google knows everything, right? Dr. Google. That's what we call it, <laughs> <laughs> or you could just listen to Nine Lives with Dr. Cat and find out everything that you needed to know. Well, so this has really been fun. I think that it is very, very important information because our homes are where our cats live with us, but there can be hazards there. So I want to thank Dr. Day extremely much for joining me today on Nine Lives with Dr. Cat on Pet Life Radio, and also to thank our amazing producer, Mark winter. Dr. Day, I hope that you have wonderful holidays and I, I look forward to talking with you soon. You as well. Thanks for having me. Okay, everybody go out there and have a perfect day. Let's talk pets every week on demand only on petliferadio.com. <laughs>